Uh, Hugh O'Connell, to you first. Did we hear anything new in the statements in the Dáil today that, that uh, we didn't hear last night or did we hear it just more insistently and more forcefully? Yeah, well, well I think what it brought was a, a degree of um, finality almost to this uh, controversy for now, I think. I mean, Catherine Martin is obviously going to meet the RT board on Friday, but I think in the political space, in the, in the political arena, um, it's quite clear, I think, that Catherine Martin has dealt reasonably well with the last two days, a three-hour committee hearing on, late on Tuesday evening uh, and statements in the Dáil today where, in fairness to her, at the end of um, those statements, she responded to a lot of the questions that the opposition had posed. And I suppose the big one that had kind of emerged over the last 48 hours was why at no point uh, last Thursday when all of this was uh, you know, becoming apparent to her, did she just pick up the phone directly to Shuni Rahalig rather than going through... Um, uh, going through her officials and sort of her officials sort of tic-tacking uh, back and forward with her and, and Shuni Raleigh. And she made the point that she was worried about the, the level of, of sort of inaccurate information that was coming from the, the now former chair, particularly around this idea that the former chair had said to um, one of her officials at one point that she had imagined that she um, had told uh, Catherine Martin's former secretary general last October that the remuneration committee of the RT board had signed off on the uh, exit package for Richard Collins, but imagined is not the same necessarily as saying definitively that she had told um, the the former sex gent. So I suppose w w to to get to the nub of this, Catherine Martin was worried about the the quality of information that was coming from Shuni Rahlik uh, and the and the veracity of that, and so she felt that she needed right. officials in the room, which was why she wanted this face to face meeting last Friday. And this stems um, from a number of meetings that were had last week. There was a meeting on a Monday, yeah. a meeting on the Wednesday. She had been assured at that point that at no point had uh, the board uh, mm -hmm. any any role in the sign off yeah. on the former CFO yeah. Richard Collins's package. And then Thursday morning, there's a timeline of events, Sinn Féin's Rory O'Murrico specifically yeah. asked, well, walk us through the timeline of the mm. day. And, uh, you know, there, there was an exchange in the morning, but things by about two o'clock in the afternoon start becoming... Yeah, so it starts, start, I mean, if you want me to talk you through the timeline... Yeah, walk us start, through the timeline. Okay. Why not, for the sake of <laughs> Off clarity. the top of my in head. Brief, yeah. yeah. <laughs> starts at about half ten, where Ashunia Rahalik, I think, calls the department, an assistant secretary in the department, and says... I need to clarify that actually I know I said at the meeting on Monday and the meeting on Wednesday that uh, the board didn't sign off on this or the Marine Integration Committee didn't sign off on this when in fact they did. Um, so and I was there and I chaired the meeting. Uh, so this is quite a uh, quite a development that Catherine Martin is made of aware, aware of when she returns to the department having been in Leinster House. It's just across the road from Leinster House to the Department of Media. Um, and Catherine Martin thinks this is quite serious. Um, she communicates that to her assistant secretary who goes back to Shuni Rahalig and says the minister is, um, is quite concerned about this that this development and she thinks it's quite serious, particularly as the minister had gone out, I think, last Tuesday, um, Tuesday of last week, and said that the board had not signed off on this because that is what she had been Based told on the information she had told on Monday. Based on the had been told on Monday. So uh, the, the, the seriousness of, of this is conveyed to Shuni Rahalig and the, the prospect of, of a letter issuing to um, Shuin uh, from Catherine Martin expressing her disappointment at this development and asking her to come to a meeting the following day, Friday, um, either in person or virtually, um, was uh, floated with Shun. Um, Shun then contacted the Secretary General of the Department at about half two. Um, this is a, a different Secretary General from the one last October. Um, and said she was very concerned about this and that she would be um, concerned about the possibility of a letter being issued um, and expressing that she might, disappointment, expressing disappointment in, in what she had done and that she might therefore have to consider her position. And they, then the day rumbles on and um, 
you know, it's made clear to Shunya Ralik, for example, that, that Catherine Martin is going into prime time later that evening. Um, it's made uh, clear as well, I think, at about or, or at about 4.30 then, there's, there's more contact between Shunya Ralik and um, officials in the department to the effect that um, they're saying that Orti has received a press query in relation to this discrepancy that's now emerged. So now the press are, are on it. I, I yeah, so we have this peculiar situation where, where at half two, yeah, so at, at, at half two, uh, we, the, uh, there's a communication between the department and Shuni Raleigh where yeah. Shuni Raleigh says, I'm not going to be happy. If I get this mm. letter uh, expressing disappointment yeah. from the minister, I'm going to have to consider my position. Yeah. And within two hours, the media mm. knows about this mm-hmm. disagreement. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one member of the media. One member of the yeah, media. My colleague, Fiona This Sheehan. is true. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, knows about this and is beginning to make uh, queries yeah. of RT. Yeah. Now, it's, it, some people have said you could make an, exu- uh, an assumption for that, but sometimes journalists, all due diligence will even, no matter where they get information from, they will sometimes make phone calls to oh, get things through, through, yeah. through the front door. So we can't absolutely. assume that this came from anywhere. But in this two-hour window, the media is alerted to this spot. At, at some yeah, point. yeah. So that so uh, a member of the media, your colleague media. Fionn, my, my yeah, colleague Fionn, yeah. who I think will be writing about this in, in the Irish Independent tomorrow, and the kind of the the you know his his part in all of this or his role in all of this. But but um, a version of Spike Milligan's biography, <laughs> Shirley Riley, my part in her downfall. Yeah, but. Um, uh, the so yeah, and and then things are escalating. But I think, as, as you say, at half two, the battle lines were drawn. Now at this stage, right? So Shunya Rahalik is saying, "Oh, I don't like the idea of this letter." She's not mad about a meeting. I think that's communicated later in the day. Like you know, I've already been in two meetings this week, you know, and you're, you're kind of you're calling me into a third meeting now, and she's down in Galway, and you know, there's all this kind of thing. And so Catherine Martin kind of reaches the, the position of of kind of coming to this conclusion that. Here I have the chair of a semi-state organisation who's refusing to come and meet me as the minister. And that's just, from her perspective, not acceptable. And also not minded to take the letter or at least considering her position. Not minded if to take the letter. letter issued. Catherine Martin solidifies her thinking around sending the letter. She's quite clear about that. Um, she was supposed to do the primetime interview as a pre-record. My, my colleague in the Sunday Independent, Neve Horn, reported that last week. And what happened then was that because of dealing with all this, it was pushed out to a live interview. Right. And she gets out to RTE. Uh, at some point, RTE are made aware of the fact that, that the, the Irish Independent are sniffing around this story. So, by her officials. Uh, by her officials. Who, Which I'm not sure she will also write. Well, I don't think you'll be happy about it. I certainly wouldn't be happy about it if I was writing a story about someone and they gave it to a, a rival media organisation. But that's by the by. Um, so she, uh, the minister comes out to RTE. She's already at this stage communicated communicated the, the some of the issues that have arisen to the chief of chiefs of staff of the other coalition leaders of the coalition leaders um and so it's starting to to circulate in political circles um she goes on prime time she she says the issue has emerged and then the confidence question comes and she says she wasn't expecting the confidence question she had this bizarre line i mean notwithstanding the fact that i think she's weathered this reasonably well over the last 48 hours she has this bizarre line that she was says she was trying to do her best not to say she had no confidence in the chair but i mean that's right. ridiculous it's ridiculous that she didn't anticipate the question would come when she was about to impart the information that she okay. did well, that she'd been effectively uh, unintentionally misled by by the chair okay twice All right. well week. let's let's anyway, bring in the the rest of the panel go. here, um, Mark Kosick to you first, right? So we, we know at this stage that Shuni Ralik, if she sends even a one-to-one letter, or that if Catherine Martin sends a one-to-one letter to Shuni Ralik saying, I am disappointed in you, Shuni Ralik is going to c- consider her position. Going on prime time and saying exactly what was in that letter 
and then not expressing confidence in her. And not only that, not ruling out sacking her at the meeting the following morning. She said she wouldn't rule any, any, uh, rule out any course of action at that stage. What other outcome could have been expected from that interview on prime time other than the departure of Shuni Riley? Well, first of all, I, I'm glad you asked Hugh to outline the, the timeline <laughs> because I wouldn't have been able to recall a chapter and verse in the same detail. Look, I, I think Catherine found herself in a very difficult position on prime time that evening whereby she knew that this story was going to was going to come out, was going to come to light. I mean, my first question, and I've spoken to Catherine about it, w- would be, you know, I-, I think in common with everybody else, oh, why didn't you pick up the phone? But it's clear now, when you see the timeline, that we're way beyond the phone call at this point. You know, when the Cahirlock is telling you, I don't know if I'm prepared to accept it, to receive a letter. Sure. So you're of the you're, view you're that well the, beyond. The, you're the, well beyond the point. Yeah. The, the chair's call. position, in your view, at that point was when she was refusing to accept the letter and not minded to take a meeting. That effectively, in your mind, her position was untenable. Uh, in my mind, or in your in, mind, uh, I think I think Catherine genuine Minister Martin genuine was genuine in that offer of still holding the door open to that Friday meeting. You know, I do you accept though that I you're holding, the, very holding the door open to the Friday saloon. meeting, but accepting, uh, uh, expecting Shuni Riley to swallow the public expression of her disappointment in her, uh, and not ruling out sacking her and making her uh, expression of confidence on her contingent on being happy with what was going to go at the next at the meeting the next day, with the result that Shuni Riley would have walked into that meeting the next day with the media gathered outside. Uh, and and her fate hanging on, on a thread. Now that, in effect, makes the position untenable, and especially given what the minister knew before that meeting took place. That's a good. That was a good line of editorialising there for, for no, words to put it, into my mouth. But I would say I'd focus rather on where the minister can go when she takes that interview. Do you know where can the minister usefully can? At that point, knowing what we know now and knowing where the relationship was was at, knowing about the fact that she hadn't been properly informed on the Monday and the Wednesday, where would we find ourselves if if Minister Martin had come out and expressed full-throated confidence in Shuni Rahlik, then had a meeting the next morning and we have a different, you know, a different outcome? And I mean, <coughs> I don't think that would be a tenable position I know, either, but the, 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 especially with all... and, and and knowing as well that the media are going to repo- be reporting on, sure, this, suppose, on this timeline of I events. Suppose, I suppose the other question would be, why do the interview at that point of the line, the, uh, uh, at that po- point in time? Sure, there had been a commitment ma- made to do an interview at primetime, but primetime wouldn't have been in the full possession of the facts had they not been alerted to it by the minister's o- officials b- beforehand. It could have been postponed until after the meeting and perhaps done at a later juncture. I think just as many questions. If a minister pulls out of a primetime slot on a Thursday evening and, you know, knowing that Fiona was in possession of the story, I think the exact same <laughs> question. reason, I should Yeah, but knowing the exact same questions were going to be posed anyway. Actually, had to, to pose maybe the counterfactuals. Maybe they would have been posed after having had a meeting with Shuni Riley and satisfying But, but would we be in substantially a different position? Let's pose the counterfactual. She pulls out of the interview, you know, personal reasons she cites, for example, spurious reason, whatever. Um, she has the meeting and then comes out and says, look, I have no confidence. I've asked the chair to resign. That's different from effectively 
you know, going on air, uh, saying she had no confidence in the chair, and then the chair feeling that she had to resign at ten to one. She didn't on say Friday she had no confidence. She didn't. She, she wasn't she, able exactly. to express confidence. Express yeah. But my point is that there was a way to. I, I think, notwithstanding the fact, I think Catherine Martin has, has weathered this storm over the last forty-eight hours. It is the case, I think, that she mishandled last Thursday to an extent. I don't think she should have done the primetime interview. It was great telly, but Jed Nash, it was a great um, handling of the matter. Let, 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 let's look at what, what, what people are expected to, to regardless of, of, of Catherine Martin's handling, say, of, of the primetime interview, the lead up to it, the context to it. Can you understand why Catherine Martin was by 11 o'clock on the Thursday morning <clears throat> annoyed about the state of affairs? I mean, whatever about looking at what might have been said last October and, and other things. The minister, in effect, is being expected at this point to have pieced together a jigsaw of things from a document in September, from an utterance in the Public Accounts Committee, from what might have been said to the Secretary General at the time, <clears throat> and to have come to the full picture, when instead she had cut straight to the point on the Monday and the Wednesday and said, mm-hmm. was that signed off on? And she was told twice, no. So by the Thursday morning, is Catherine Martin entitled to have shaky confidence about the chair of the board of RTE? One of the things I'm wondering about um, all week and since that um, now infamous and notorious um, primetime interview is the level of confidence people in RTE uh, have and have had in the minister, quite frankly. Um, It's an extraordinary series of events and we really ought not to be here. Um, We could have avoided this uh, if Catherine Martin, the minister, had have handled this, frankly, in a more professional and more competent way. Um, I think we were getting to the nub of the issue uh, in the uh, contributions from, from Mark and, and Hugh um, towards the end of those contributions, uh, when the minister could have clearly decided uh, not to proceed with the interview in prime time. She did, in my view, because this then started to look like a bit of a setup. Um, it was clearly a farcical situation evolving in the department, uh, on Thursday morning into Thursday afternoon. Ministers, as professional journalists know all the time, pull out of interviews for a range of different reasons. Uh, if it doesn't suit the agenda, and when I say agenda, I mean the political agenda, and especially in a fast-moving, uh, evolving right, situation. You think she shouldn't have done it? It is you? unwise. No, I don't. And this is one of the charges that we level against the minister, and it contributes to our sense uh, and our concerns about the minister's political judgment and whether or not she is actually the right person to uh, marshal RTE through a very, very difficult period over the next um, period of time and to take the kinds of decisions uh, that we need in terms of investment in our public sector broadcaster and to restore confidence in our public sector um, broadcaster. What the Minister ought to have done rather than stage a live execution of the chair of a semi-state body live on air on national TV was to meet her on Friday, to engage with her that's what but accountability accept, and transparency. Except, given what we know now in that situation, there would have been a story on the Independent.ie and on the front of the Irish Independent newspaper raising questions that would have turned up the heat considerably on that meeting. Well, look at the choreography of, of all of this. Um, it wasn't by magic uh, that the media, or, uh, or uh, Hughes' colleagues in the media, were informed that there were issues. Uh, that doesn't happen organically. Somebody decided to do that. That's and not that, necessarily that, true. Yeah, that, 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 set the, that's that's that set the pace. The I mean, you'd be surprised at the amount of information you have to drag out of people. Uh, in I mean, this absolutely. Game. But, but, you know, it, let, let, stuff let, just doesn't land in your we're, lap. We're all, you know? we're, all, we're all adults here. Uh, you know, they're professional jurors who, no, who there's I a level respect. Of insinuation so there are always, there are always sources. And 
that, that's that's inevitable. That's but, that's politics and that's journalism. Sure, and that's they, good journalism, by the way. Yeah, sure. They, that's they, as, they as it should be. But if, 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 you, if you stick with this just for a second and look at the we'll chronology. Very briefly, because I want to go at, to Look at the chronology yeah, yeah. Um, of all of this. Well, we've gone through that. So just um, we, we know, how, we know how the world works. Um, this now appeared to me to be a case of the minister deciding to proceed with this interview in the full knowledge of what was going to evolve. The idea that were expected to kind of assume that the minister, well, you know, accept her version you, of events. You think the resignation was, was the desired outcome from the minister's point that, of view? That, that she may have been getting a revenge in first. Um, this is, this uh, is our view. Did. This Come is on, our you view. you can't level that no, kind no, of accusation. This, 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 this is a view, I think, that, that is informed. Uh, you know, with our experience of how things have evolved okay, in the past, right. this tends to be what happens. The minister ought to have actually gone through, gone ahead with the meeting on Friday to give the chair of RTE the opportunity to explain it. And you're right, if the minister was not satisfied at the explanation, then the minister had a decision okay, Claire, Claire, to make. Claire Coran, what, what do you make of the events of, uh, of the last uh, 24 hours? Do you think in the first instance there was a case to be answered uh, by the chair and, and, and possibly uh, a re- that it was a resigning issue? And secondly, do you believe that uh, the minister had any other intention other than to secure the resignation of Shuni Riley by going on uh, prime time and, and doing that interview? Well, firstly, look, I think it was a mistake by the minister to do prime time. I don't think there would have been any major hullabaloo if a minister pulled out of a prime time interview that evening that most of the general public wouldn't have even known was probably on anyway. I think given what happened that morning and into the afternoon, and obviously this was going on all day, I think the option should have been don't do prime time or if I can't meet Shun today and it'll be in the morning and that's when I'm doing the meeting, I'll pick up the phone to her. And, and like, frankly, I would have imagine there was a fairly good relationship between Minister Martin and Shun. It certainly seemed that way. So I cannot understand why she didn't pick up the phone. I think it was a mistake to to go ahead with prime time. But at the same time, this issue now has gone on for nearly a year. It's been one thing after another. I think the public are tired and I think we need to move forward now in relation to how we're going to fund RTE moving forward and we need to bring RTE under the control of an Austria general legislation my party brought forward yesterday. The public want to see action rather than one thing happening after the other and this dragging on and on. And I think the government are sitting back in relation to the responsibilities on future funding, which they're remaining silent on for some reason. And second, bringing taxpayers' money, accountability and transparency in relation to that. Which which the recently departed chair called for herself, I think, on on, on the first meeting of the Public Accounts Committee Mm -hmm. and given, I suppose, 56 million euro of uh, Mm -hmm. taxpayers' money being used in a bailout, one would think that the CNAG would have a role in that anyway, wouldn't they? Absolutely. And we've presented the legislation and I hope the government will move on that. I think RT were exempt from being under the control of Northern General back in 1990. Mm -hmm. Clearly that was a big mistake and they need to go back in under it. But again, these are the kind of actions government can take straight away to to try and build back some bit of confidence in the outside world rather than this who said, when said and this over and back, which really the public, I believe, are totally turned off. Yeah, nobody wants that. So, I mean, but the point is here that the minister has made a rod, unfortunately, far around back. I mean, nobody's revelling in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think everybody's interested in trying to see a you know, future horizon uh, for OTA. And our main concern here is, you know, what's going to happen in terms of the redundancies that mm-hmm. the organisation says are required? What's the engagement with trade unions? I mean, most of the involvement I've had with OTA staff outside of obviously engaging with journalists all of the time has been, you know, 
with my trade union head on, uh, working with people in terms of the you know very serious situation with bogus self-employment and so on. I've met staff who work in this organisation, and because of the culture in this organisation over the years, have been actually afraid to meet people like me in public to tell me about their experiences and to seek advice from me in case they might be identified meeting a politician who has right. uh, some experience in these matters. So you know these are the kinds of issues that need to be addressed. And Claire is absolutely right. Okay. We All need right. now to focus on the future funding model to make sure that we have a public sector broadcaster that's okay. fit for I, 